What's going on, Society members? Welcome to another episode of the Underground Society Podcast, and welcome to everyone who is new to the show. This podcast is a place where we get to know some of your favorite up-and-coming talent and speak to some industry professionals in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Justin McGarry, and on today's episode, we have Tampa Bay, Florida native Vulcan on the show, who has had massive releases on both Subsidia and Rude Service, and is really starting to carve out his own lane within the bass music scene. We had such a great conversation talking about his career so far, about some of our favorite artists and some of the things that we notice and like and dislike about the industry. We really just get talking about a lot and it was awesome to have the conversation with him uh, but before we get into that just some reminders that i say every single week there are two links in the description of this episode one is for the underground society playlist called society selects that is available only on spotify and the other is our facebook group the society meeting room for all of you interested in getting more involved go click on those when the episode is finished to find out more information hey this is chris and you're listening to the underground society podcast the show is going to start here soon so just sit back and enjoy the ride I'm with the Air VDM, an all-encompassing lifestyle brand surrounded and inspired by the electronic dance music culture. We are a magazine, lifestyle-inspired monthly subscription box, and event company. Our main focuses are on the music and community. Give us a follow and see what is happening next with us, at Era of EDM. Again, at E-R-A-O-F-E-D-M. To get things started on today's episode, we have my absolute favorite, yeah, I'm calling it right now, my absolute favorite song of 2021, Pantheon, which is the monster collab between Seven Lions, Jason Ross, Kill the Noise, Wooly, Trivecta, the Amiibo, and Blastoise. So I hope you guys enjoy this one, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode.
Following that one up, we have our guest Vulcan's track called Pling Plong, which was a collab that he did with Plasma. I honestly was going through the music, his music, prepping for this interview, and this track came up, um, and I loved it, so I figured why not put it in the episode. And then after that one, it'll be Spagheady and Pixel Tear's brand new collab called Carbonara, and then we'll be getting right into the interview with Vulcan.
All right, on the show today, we have Vulcan out of Tampa Bay, Florida, who has re- had multiple releases on Subsidia, uh, Root Service, and even Base Rush. Uh, really starting to carve out a, your own little path for yourself in the industry. But welcome to the show, dude. Pleasure to have you here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. So I've been a fan ever since you released Love Me Better on Root Service. And I think I just told you this before the interview, but one of my best friends actually told me about you shortly before that. So ever since then, I've been a huge fan. So it's awesome to have you here. Uh, how old were you when you started to become a dance music fan? A dance music fan? Uh, yes. I'd say probably like 17 or 18, 2008, 2009. Uh, okay, cool. Like older Dead Mouse, Space Hunters, Afrojack, all that yep. type of stuff yep. going into... Excision flux and pretty much growing into dubstep over the 2010s. So yeah. it's been a while. That's kind of when the movement happened. It's cool being like old enough now for me, at least being old enough now, like be at all the festivals and like, oh wow, I used to listen to all these guys. Like this yeah. is what started it off for me. Like bass music wasn't really a thing yet. Uh, how did you get the name Vulcan? Where did that come from? Uh, there's like two kind of ways that I came up with it. I, I was a big Star Trek fan growing up. I used okay. to watch with my dad all the time. So obviously, like I love Spock. His race was Vulcan. I thought yep. that was pretty cool. And uh, also I played a video game called Smite for a while. And there was a god in there named Vulcan who was like the god of lava volcanoes and like yep. forged all the gods weapons. So I thought that was kind of just like a cool thing just to take from those two yeah. things. And yeah. I didn't like the way it looked spelled out though. So I know a lot of people give a lot of dubstep artists a lot of heat for acronyms and weird stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But I, I just didn't like the way it looked spelled all the way out. I like the four letters and I, I ran with it that way. I, it's, yeah, it's confusing it though. It, it's confusing for some people because a lot of people think it stands for something or they'll call me yeah. BLCN, but that's, I did it to myself at the end of the day. So yeah. I, 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 I was, I'm already prepared to have to correct, correct people on it. So pretty yeah. much every, everything that I put that says VLCN, I'll like put parentheses that say Vulcan uh, next to it. Go. So that yeah, at yeah. least, at least there's some sort of hint going on. Yeah. There. <laughs> um, Kind of random question, but how old are you? I'm 30. You're 30. 30. Damn, okay. You do not look that old, old, dude. You do not look that old at all. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. (laughs) How long have you been producing then? Uh, Since the end of like 2016, so five years. Five years now? Okay. So you're like 25-ish when you started? Yeah, I was making like, I could count that I I had Fruity Loops back in the day before it was shortened to FL Studio. Yeah. And, And I would make like really, really bad like rap beats like in 2010 <laughs> but like i mean i didn't do it enough to where i was even like i was an eq you know anything yeah. technical i was literally just making drum beats over like a loop that i found you know yeah, that's how most people start though man you just got to get familiar with the software first and foremost <laughs> yeah yeah so like before i went into you know 2016 i had maybe like five months worth of fl studio time but that was about it so i don't really ever count that so definitely like into 2016 are you still on FL or did you move over to Ableton? I moved over to Ableton after two years on FL. Okay. Uh, I heard all the rave about it and I had to, I had to see what it was what it was about. And like the first, I don't know, three or four songs I cranked out in like a week and they were like the best work yet. So I'm like, all right, there I'm going go. back to FL. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing against FL. I got nothing against Reason, any of the other ones, man. Logic, any of that stuff. Like they're all tools. And if you can use your tool True. well, anybody can make, you know, True. the best kind of music or whatever's best for you. What originally got you into producing? What was like that spark of like, I need to do this? Uh, it's like a mixture. There's a lot of like different shows that I went to through 2015, 2016, and like the beginning of 2017 beginning of 2017 is where I wanted to like take the DJ thing and like actually like kind of, all right, I want to brand this. I want to like know everything I can about this. And I was pretty much after seeing a chain smoker show in 2017. 
they went and played at a, an arena show in Tampa. Okay. And Kid, Kid actually opened for them, and I was like, I mean, that's that was cool that I that I got to see Kid before he got as big as he did. Yeah, I uh, remember the year that he like really took off. It was like Hard Summer, I think. I saw him at Hard Summer, it was like 2018, and like yeah. it was all of a sudden it was just like <laughs> now I'm Kid. I'm like what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I didn't know who I like. I wasn't really big into like the current dubstep scene or any, or like, yeah. I don't even know what you would consider a trap scene, I guess, for the chain smokers. I was like when they took their turn and started going more, I don't know, commercial pop. Yeah. Yeah. But they still played a really good trap set. I saw them once in 2016 and that was good. So that was the second time I've seen them and just something about like seeing the energy that they bring and and kid before that. I was like, man, this, this they are good. great. Perform- I've seen kid too, but they are, yeah. they're both of them are great performers. I think for chain smokers, they did just go, they just took a different route, which is not a bad thing. They just took a different route in their music. And a lot of the EDM people that are like true EDM fans are like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, you got to look at it. It's a business. So true. what's going to be best for your business? Yeah. Yep. It's like Elenium. A lot of people are saying the same thing about Elenium yeah. now, but where's the money? Where's the, that's what you're doing this for. This is your job. And Elenium's still very plugged into the bass music scene too. Oh, absolutely. So. He, he hasn't taken the full turn, but like... Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, the difference between the last album and, and then the first yeah. three, there's a lot a lot more poppier oh, way influence different. in it. Way different. Yeah. I like but it. But it's for, good. It's still good. My favorite is still his first album. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Ashes, Ashes is beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. I wanted to talk a little bit more about your producing. When you go into the studio, is there anything that you like have? I like asking this question because there's multiple different answers a lot of the time. But do you, is there any like routines that you do like before, during, or after that like really set you up for success in the studio? Uh, this might not be a good answer, but I, I never have a, <laughs> I never have a plan for anything. So I'm very in the moment. So like, I know a lot of producers that are like that. So that's fine. That's yeah. still an answer. <laughs> yeah, I just I just open up Ableton and that old saying. I throw shit at the wall until it sticks, and whatever yeah. sticks sticks. So I might have an idea of like the the type of drop I want or the type of intro. Do I want cinematic? Right. Do I just want a basic like rap intro? Whatever. But I'll never sit down and have an actual plan. Um, I do sometimes, maybe like once a month, like do a sound design session where I like create 30, 40 sounds. And then, all right, for this month, I'm going to be making stuff in the soundscape that I, yeah. that I created, but I don't do that all the time. So I'm very big right. on opening. I mean, I, I'm a preset hoarder for Serum. So I have, I mean, 50, 60,000 presets to go through. So I'm really big at altering presets and resampling audio i feel like that's like such a huge key uh, even top producers they make their own samples so that they can just pull from that and like having a fast sample library i feel like it's like super important yeah well there's also it's also another thing to say like having a huge sample library but making sure that if you're going through them and you don't like something in there get rid of it because yeah. it's just going to take up space yep. there's a lot of people that i'll see be like yeah i got 100 preset packs but i only use two of the preset packs or three of the preset right. packs. And I'm like, well, I, well, all those taking up space. <laughs> I have a good library that you actually use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try and stay up to date and as neat as possible. You don't have to, but it's going to, it'll benefit you better in yeah. the long run if you do that. Yeah. What would be some of the things that you'd say that you do differently than a lot of producers? How do you intentionally set yourself apart? I don't genre lock myself like a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. That's one of the big things I started out. The original project was, I was really into, you know, experimental bass music when I first started. So oh, dude, my love, first yeah. couple of releases were experimental bass music. And then I've always had a love for dubstep, you know, since 2011, 12, yeah. you know, so. Oh, and then freaking Love Me Better was like very like melodic at the beginning. It had very, some solid melodic parts. Like 
I'm a huge Wooly fan. I love okay, Wooly. That makes sense. Trivecta, like oh, all, yeah. all all those people that have like a really nice melodic drop, and then either the middle drop be heavy yeah. or the last drop be heavy. I, I love that. Affiliate in general is just absolutely. Uh, that's absolutely. like pro- honestly, it's probably my favorite label. <laughs> yeah, it's diverse too because a yes. lot of people see Ophelia and they think that okay, well, you got they have what melodic dubstep and future bass or something, but they have Dude, listen to Pantheon. Train. Yeah, Pantheon's listen to Pantheon. <laughs> I, I just saw uh, I saw Jason Ross for the first time at uh, EDC like two days. Oh ago. Oh my god! Oh gosh, were you at Orlando? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect, awesome. Yeah, I've never been to EDC, but I'm going to Vegas next year, so. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, Vegas is like three times the size of Orlando, yeah. maybe, maybe more. <laughs> but uh, it, it was cool. I got to see all, like, but Pantheon, I got to see all three of the drops or like oh, the three sick. main drops the dubstep, yeah. the melodic dubstep, uh, and then the side trans drop. So the Blastoids side trans. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just, it's so good. And, and then there's a lot of like producers that I see that are like, okay, well, I want to, I want to make it in dubstep. I'm like, that's, that's cool. And then they only focus on dubstep and, and sometimes worse off. They only focus on one type of dubstep. True. Like I'm going to put a long sustain note with quarter notes on it. And that's my brand. Like, that's cool. <laughs> but you can also, you could reach so many people if you, just change a little bit don't don't yeah. put yourself in this creative box that you have to make something like this you know what i love who i love from affiliate is blank he does a fantastic yeah. job at that too yeah he he's like a almost like a seasons guy too because like True. blank started only doing the mid-tempo stuff yeah and then he was like what three or four releases in a row were like contemporary dubstep like yeah. really heavy dubstep yeah I saw him for the first time too like a month ago at, the, at an Millennium show and and that, was, that was, it was such a good set yeah did uh lizzie jane play that show yep yep, had yep. Her. i've had her on the show as well i love lizzie she's awesome yeah i've known her for probably like five years now yeah i have not yeah. known her that long but she's still dope <laughs> yeah she's yeah she's she's really good people i'm sure from being both being from florida it makes sense though did you know her when she was a local yeah so yeah. i actually i met her a little bit before her first ever rich show where before this is before she was a resident in tampa okay, yeah and then we were good friends before then and then i watched her for three or four years be the resident there yeah. and she's got good energy she's good people man she's definitely a person that's good for the scene facts facts and i love her radio show too so yeah absolutely podcast, great. absolutely um so i wanted to ask you a little bit dive into the label releases that you've done um how did the whole thing with you started with excision right releasing uh, on subsidia who did you start with I think it was, yeah, it was Subsidia. It was the first like major label. Major label, uh, yeah. The smaller labels, I think I started with just like some smaller collectives, like What the Fuck's That Sound? And then also oh, yeah. I want to mention Wobaholics because Wobaholics is... I've seen them. I've seen their name. They're definitely blowing up. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they're getting recognition from Wakan and uh, yeah. the other experimental base labels that have been out. I mean, they started in quarantine in the beginning and now they're already pushing Damn. 15 or 16,000 followers. And Damn. they got some good, crazy artists like... One of their biggest artists, Tate B, is he's getting remixes played by Zed's Dead all over Holy all over shit. the country right yeah, now. So great. it's <laughs> it's crazy to watch that. But yes, yeah, yeah. so the official like big one was Subsidia. How did that happen? How did they find you in the first place? Just through the other like uh, releases that you've done? I think it was kind of through a couple of people that I knew that that had released on the first one. Okay. Oh, that's right. You weren't you weren't on the very first one. That's right. No, I was on three. I'm always curious with like the very first people that release. I'm like, how did they find you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how that happened. I, I know I talked to a couple people about it before, but I can't really remember what they say. So I don't want to say like something that was completely wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I saw the it happened with that Lost Lands live stream they did, the Couch Lands. Yeah where he announced the subsidiary label during his set. And I was like, man, I feel comfortable with my music enough to at least 
want to try and submit to that. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds cool. I was like, excision's like, you know, one of the biggest influences. I mean, I have him tattooed on my right. arm. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely somebody I like to model myself after, even like as carrying yourself professionally in the industry. He's never involved in anything crazy. Oh, dude, he's great. I have so much freaking respect for Excision when it comes to business. I'm not like the big, I really like his detox stuff and like some of his more experimental stuff, but like yeah. his main stuff, not the biggest fan of, but I do see yeah. why it's huge. Um, yeah. and, I think uh, it's his experience thing. Yeah. But like as far as the business side, holy shit, dude, that dude's so smart. Oh my God. <laughs> it was very smart. And it came at such a good time too. I'm sure that was planned for like a long yeah. time. It had, yeah. it was, I don't think a quarantine had anything no. to do with him saying, I want to do that. But it was the perfect time for that to happen because I mean, how many producers came up out of quarantine that for real, especially through Subsidia alone? I mean, myself included. Like, look at, do you were at Los Angeles? Yeah. Uh, I didn't play, but I was there. You were there. I, I yeah. Got, yeah. I went up with Dion on stage when they oh, played dope. me in Plasma song. I was up there with Peekaboo. Sick. I got to drop it with Rated R. So I had a good time getting to see all my friends that I know that have been working That's awesome. hard for a long ass well, time. Well, if you go next year, we'll have to hang out because I was there too. Absolutely. But yeah, that looking at 2019 Lost Lands, did you go in 2019 by chance? Yeah, I, I went. Uh, I didn't go the first year, so I went 18, 19, and this last year. Okay, cool. So I was there in 19 as well. And seeing who was on the lineup in 19, seeing some of the, a lot of those names like on a completely different level, like off five, I think that's how you say his name, uh, or Oss or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was like sound camp stage, like end of the night, like no one really knew who he was. I knew who he was, but I purposely went and saw him. But then now he's like, now he's playing at a much better time. He has a lot better music that's been coming out over the last couple of years. Like guys like that, you see them on another level, but then you see all the subsidia people, like the complete like subsidia stage and like, People that we've never even heard of on all of these stages at Lost Lands is just awesome. I yeah. love how he, he runs that. It's great. The, adding the two stages in the actual festival during yeah. the day was like perfect. Uh, yeah. Genius. It gave, it gave so many more people an opportunity, especially the, the people that are going there because you're not locked into, yeah. all right, well, I have this choice yeah. or this choice when I got four choices. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, all day and then running the sound camps you know, throughout the night still is fire. Uh, yeah. Just going back to AU5 though, like his sound design is like, I don't think there's anybody in the game that knows Serum better than than AU5. Like watching his videos and stuff have helped me He's like genius. <laughs> a crazy amount the, to, just to get better at understanding what a sound is supposed to be doing. You yeah. know, it's, I definitely would love to, to shout out AU5 oh, for that. Absolutely. So good. absolutely. There's a lot of people that I got to see and meet for the first time too at Lost Lands uh, that I never would have thought. Same. I met so many people. <laughs> my, uh, my good friends, Blurred Vision got to play. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. Lost Lands. Yeah. Uh, I love them. It's crazy. They, they, another one from quarantine. Yeah. From the Excision releases on Subsidia, um, did Bear Girls shortly find you after that or what was the progression to that? So my biggest thing to tell anybody that's trying to make it in music is get on Twitter. Like that's the biggest marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like Instagram is big. And I think if you're going by a pure numbers, like of, of who actually uses Instagram, I think people will still say Instagram is king. But yeah. as far as on a more personal level of you getting, you know, these opportunities, Twitter is, I saw Bear Girls posted, Hey, I'm starting a label, send submissions, put this the, the yeah. demo email and then, I submitted and got, you know, got an email back about two weeks later. I sent them a whole folder and that was the song that they wanted. It was the only melodic song in the whole folder. So I was like, oh, <laughs> oh okay, that's, that's cool. <laughs> it worked. I liked it. It was one of those songs. I, I don't remember. I think I just saw a Wooly set or something like before that. And I was like, I want to do a, a melodic song with a dubstep drop at the end. I think that'd be fun. I love that song. I, that was like, I don't 
like everything. I like some of like the more like up and kind of like popular songs most of the time, like mm-hmm. from the big artists and like try and incorporate that. I'm, a lot of A and R that I do for this, especially for this podcast, but it was one of those songs. Like even a lot of the subsidiary stuff, I listen through, but I don't like everything. I like only the stuff that I really truly like. And that song was like on a daily rotation in my car, like for like a month and a half. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so That's cool. I you. love that song. Yeah. Thank you, man. But it's weird though, because you started with experimental. Obviously, you said that you don't try and put yourself in a box, but the amount yeah. of talent from going from experimental to like a melodic, like that's a completely like different idea. <laughs> so from twenty, I'd say like when I first started trying to learn like stuff about production from like twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen, I was a corrections officer. So like for twelve okay. hours a day, I was watching YouTube videos there just yeah. on everything. You know, I didn't care what the video had to do with genre wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that time, there was like. The, the videos for experimental bass stuff was so far and few oh, in between. Yeah. It was, there was, it there was, really a thing. it was dry. It was nothing. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of it was, you know, 2015, 2016, you know, future bass, trap stuff, dub stuff, like virtual riot stuff. So it's like, I had all the, you know, knowledge from soaking all that in. Right. And then I was still making experimental and I'm like, well, I really love dubstep. I really love melodic stuff. So yeah. let's start making some of that and uh see where it goes and, and i'm just happy that everybody kind of like went with it with me and they weren't like hey hey hey, wait a second that yeah. Chronic, that tronics and, and other, you know stuff like that that's what put you out there why don't you make more of that stuff i'm like i mean i made it because i like it yeah uh, and, and i'm making dubstep because be. i like it that's know? what it so. should be i did want to touch on that centronics topic though you did the remix for how what is that up to now plays wise it's like almost two hundred fifty thousand or something Holy like Jesus. that <laughs> yeah and it, it's funny so out of all the comments on there, there's not one person who called me out for the song not being DJable. Like it's not countable because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know what that was at that time. Like oh, two and yeah, a half years yeah, ago, yeah. I was just making songs to make songs. I wasn't the thought of playing like never crossed my mind. I didn't play my first show till last year, like at the end of quarantine. Right, because you were a producer first, not a DJ first. So yeah, the your way mindset's that I a lot at, different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the way that I looked at it is. I don't want to go and just be a DJ and play to yeah. people. That's not what I, I want to play my music to people. So I need music first to do that. So, Absolutely. but I went, I heard Gerstronics. Uh, I was at that forest in 2019 where he dropped it oh, for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Loved it. I loved, loved it. that set. I still listen to that set. <laughs> so, so good. And then Casper right after too, it was just like yeah. the icing on the cake, but th- I heard it there. And then I can't remember. I, I know I heard it again shortly after, and then they dropped it in maybe september or august or something mm. I, and then I, I ended up you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do something with it not because it was popular just because i play it every single day i was like i want to try i want to try and do something cool with it and i just i made it and to this day i still hate the little downbeat fake out yeah. thing i do <laughs> drives me crazy it, like it's super cringy and it's not countable by by eights but people liked it and no one called me out for not being accountable and people i mean people were playing it so yeah. all right That's i was dope. like that really kind of goes to show you though, like unless they're in the scene and DJing, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like True. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say go out there and make your drops 11 bars. Or yeah. Whatever. I feel like there's a lot of things and a lot of rules and a lot of structure that people have come up with, which makes sense why like the structures are in place and it helps people like, especially like new producers, like stick with the structure and like, it's a lot easier to learn and stick with and DJ obviously. But I feel like there's a lot of rules within the industry that like, you can break a lot of the rules and you can get away with it a lot of the time. Like, I feel like the rules, like it's, and the most talented artists are the ones that do kind of break the rules more often than not. You know what I mean? So there's a huge thing that I'm doing now with my drums that anyone that asks me about my drums drives them crazy. So I'll stage my drums at plus three DB 
So they're like super loud, super yeah. clipping. And then I'll process them on top of that. So they're even louder. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone always asks how I get my drums to cut through so good or how they're so loud. I said, I just, I just turned the volume up. That's yeah. it. It's yeah. as simple as that. <laughs> I, I, I saw that in a Ray Volpe video once and I was like, I'm going to do that. I think Zomboy does that too. I think that was like one of his yeah. like secrets. <laughs> yeah, literally just, down the volume. <laughs> turn it up. I was like, that's it. That's the answer. That's, that's that plus three dB. That's why it's so loud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> side Makes side chain it well enough. I mean, the drums are supposed to carry. No matter what what type of music you're making, house, bass, anything, your drums need to carry the song. They need to be the loudest yeah. thing in your mix. And yeah, why not make them louder so everything else can be louder? <laughs> True. Um, I read in your bio. Thought that was a little interesting. I didn't really know what it was, so I wanted to ask you. What is the? You have like a second set called Abduction. What is that? So my Abduction sets are. I've taken kind of like a back road of doing those like okay. full time now. But I was able to, at one point, be booked for two different set types, which is my normal set and an abduction set. And my abduction sets are just all experimental stuff. Okay, dope. So no no dubstep, no nothing like really over almost 145. Mm. So it's just all like slow experimental stuff. I did a, a mix for Webaholics called Vulcan Presents Abduction. And like that was kind of like, if you want to, this type of set, that's what that is. I'll still do them. And I'm not, I'm not completely getting, you know, rid of it or anything, but I'm trying to focus on like my brand now that I've created is melodic dubstep and hybrid trap. So it's nice. kind of like keep it going that way. But if, if somebody wants me to come play like some experimental <laughs> stuff, sure. Why not? Get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I saw it like in there, I was like, what is that? Cause I saw that you're like playing multiple different genres in the first place. And I was like, what is that? Like, is that like a house thing or like, is like a completely different genre? Is it still within bass music or? <laughs> I do play house in the abduction sets though. Basically the best way that I describe it to anybody is not just saying it's experimental. It's stuff that I would not normally play in like okay. a branded set. So it's, it's almost like a detox set for excision. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So. Yeah. That's probably the best way to look at it. Just something I wouldn't normally play. So like your normal, your normal set is just your Vulcan sets. Yeah, I okay. also have like a side thing that I, I I played one of these in Denver called an abduction 2.0. And that's all like rhythm, like heavier oh, cool. rhythm, rhythm stuff. Not like a bunch of chopping and stuff, uh-huh. but like think of like sudden death, muerte, all that type of stuff. So like the real stompy, like spooky right. rhythm yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I played that that once. That's fun. But it's I have like songs in each region, too. So it's not like if I'm going to go play an abduction set. I'm not like forfeiting all my own music. I right, have, right. you know, I got a, a collab with Raven's coon coming. I got a collab with super future. Hell yeah. I got a bunch of like, I still like love the experimental stuff and, and, and the bassier stuff, but it's, it's not my main focus, but I still right. do. It. It's still a lot of fun to make that music. So your show that you have coming up with Revlo in Texas, that'll just mm-hmm. be a normal Vulcan set. Yep. That one, uh, the way that I'm trying to like do all my sets now is like, basically like a reverse elenium i guess you would say okay <laughs> so elenium does That's supersonic reverse bass <laughs> so, so it's like six he does like 60 percent melodic stuff and then 40 percent like dubstep i just yeah. flip it and do 60 percent like heavy heavy, heavy dubstep and then 40. sprinkle sprinkle some melodic stuff every like five ten minutes or so and play a couple because it's just like there's so much good melodic music out there especially True. from the underground too if you look like speaking of root service my good friend Stryer that's been releasing on oh, yeah. services. Yeah, he just did a collab with Bear Girls not too long ago. Yeah, it's phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal melodic bass producer. Like stuff like that. It's like I know, especially if I'm in the crowd and I'm listening and I'm hearing like heavy, 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 I'm gonna want that break every like oh yeah, you know, five, ten minutes of just something nice. And and even the nice stuff has a heavy drop or heavy aspects to it. So it's not like you're gonna get bored listening to it. Have you thought about going a melodic rhythm route at all? 
I have one melodic rhythm song. Uh, right. It's not out yet. I don't know when it'll be out, actually. That's the way of the future, I think. <laughs> it, 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 it really, I mean, look at what the big guys follow. Whatever the yeah. big guys actually follow and like take in trend, like uh, when Melodic Dubstep was big, Virtual Riot did Melodic Dubstep. Mm-hmm. When Heavier Dubstep was big, he went and did that. And now he's yep. his whole new album is a lot of that is future rhythm or color base or whatever. Did, did you see Kezo at EDC Orlando? No, I didn't. I saw, I can't remember who I saw at that time. Because Kezo dropped like Tease a New ID and it was a melodic rhythm, like Kezo rendition. I was like, what the, even Kezo's doing it now. What the hell? Let's <laughs> go. If, if it's popular, do yeah. it. Like, that's the thing. Like, Kezo's a, a really big artist that I, I like to talk about when, you know, they don't get genre locked. Like, he does so many different genres. It's, yeah. And he's good at all of them, you know? True. There's not one where I'm like, ah, oh, it's a, hey, it's a Kezo house song. I'm not going to listen to yeah, this. No. <laughs> But it's always fun to watch like artists like that who have that. You're going to get eight genres in one set. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Especially with rock. Like I grew up listening to post-hardcore music all through high school and stuff. So listening to these, a lot of these uh, newer dubstep DJs that are coming out, not Kezo's new, but yeah. the newer ones that are have like super heavy rock influences. I'm loving it. There's a couple underground artists that I'm have my eye on. I won't mention names right now, but <laughs> that are like super heavy rock. Like they're like, their DJ sets, they're like, continuously hit carry a guitar during it i'm like what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> the person who i think does the rock stuff the best obviously phase one oh, phase yeah. one phase one's just so good Heavy at it like, shit. It's, it's, it's almost like you're at a rock concert with just the dubstep sprinkled in between everything yeah. it's perfect so good phase one's fire love, love the rock yeah rock. i've been a fan of phase one for a long time he's a icon collective graduate too yeah I know a lot of people who, who ended up going to icon i'm like i'm not surprised anymore they're like i went to icon i'm like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're running out of time, but I did want to ask a couple more questions before we get out of here. Uh, what are some goals that you want to accomplish in the next couple of years? Uh, I am working on it now. So you'll be the first to know this, this podcast. Yeah. The first to know is I'm working on an album. I want to get the album Dope. out and it's something different than I normally have been making. It's predominantly m- melodic music. I want to awesome. get that out. Uh, obviously the big, like, playing goals i want to play lost lands at some point whether oh, yeah. it be next year or whatever it is and you know i just want to i want to inspire as many people as i can to like I, i'm just super big on don't genre lock yourself like yeah. we can have so much more like good music if we just don't stick ourselves in this box because who knows like i don't know if somebody who's genre locked i don't call out names so let's just say yeah. peekaboo you know yeah. like peekaboo experimental bass but peekaboo's made some heavier traps oh, yeah. like you know, if, if Peekaboo stayed in that box of only making the Arrival EP style, would Peekaboo be where he's at? Like, look Probably what it can not. lead to. You know, <laughs> Pro, it, yeah. that, the EP was fire. It was so good. Yeah. But as an Arrival EP or Imposters EP, I can't remember what the title was, but he constantly was adding more and more stuff. You know, like that's like the perfect. There's just so many people that you can just build off yeah. of and just don't copy them, you know, but like model right. yourself after like good people that you see doing the right things yeah. and, and pushing boundaries yeah not copy don't use like the same like sound design that kind of like influence but like look at what they're doing as an overall like idea <laughs> yeah i'm not saying yeah. like sound design is like infinite there's yeah. ways you could change things it's hard to sound different these days it really is facts there's so many of you guys that it's just like it's almost impossible to not sound like somebody else. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> find stuff that that's your own little flavor. Yeah. Like whether it be, I always do a 32 bar drop instead of 16. Okay. Well, that's your thing. Then, then do it. And yeah. 
kill it and then yeah. maybe do a, a trap song every three or four songs or do a melodic song every three oh, or four guys songs. like freaking even like nitty gritty you're a fan of nitty gritty he's like oh, yeah. he plays like heavy shit and then he's also like inside piece and it's like all house <laughs> all tech house. <laughs> yeah that's that's another thing is like a lot of people think they have to like create this alias to do something different like i'm never going to create a different alias oh, to no. do like another genre i'm yeah. just gonna you might have slightly branded differently but you can still use your artist name yeah that's i think yeah. that's what i want to do is yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying anything against anybody who who does you know create an alias for that right, but right. i just i feel like this is me this is i i'm very open format and, and if i'm gonna make a house song it's gonna come out as a vulcan song if i'm gonna make a yeah. trap song it's vulcan you know that's just it <laughs> So a couple last questions. Uh, I did want to get to know you slightly on a personal level before we get out of here because we've been talking a lot of music. Just kind of run through some questions. What do you do outside of music for fun? What do you enjoy doing in your free time? Uh, I mean, pretty much like every other producer. I'm a, I'm a big gamer. I play gamer, a lot of, yeah. lot, All lot of you video guys games. are gamers. <laughs> I was real big into like powerlifting and bodybuilding in the early 2010s, okay. 2012, 13, I used to get 14. Pete and physique, so. Okay, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, <laughs> I got a couple NCCPT certifications and I ran Sweet. my own, I ran my own personal training business. That was like my, my thing that I wanted to like do with my life. And then I got hurt a couple different times and fell out of like, and I mean, every industry is the same, but I don't think I've ever encountered a more toxic industry than the fitness industry. Dude, Yeah. That's why I didn't continue long-term. I and I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. So now yeah. like the gym is just like, I'm going to stay healthy and yep. go to the gym. And I don't have like huge goals for that, but for fun, it's, it's, you know, I played World of Warcraft for like 17 years. So like, it goes into like, that's, that's my nerd category. That's your thing, right yeah. There. <laughs> that's the, I definitely know the ins and outs of that. It's basically the same thing. We kind of went through the same thing. We were like, that's what we wanted to do originally for a living. But now we both kind of fell into music. The thing that really is different, and I agree on this, is the toxicity in the, the fitness industry, which is crazy to think about because it's like, you would think that it's like, it's fitness, it's healthy, like whatever. But no. there's a lot of darkness in the fitness industry um and the thing about the music industry not saying that the music industry is doesn't have dark areas but there's a lot more positivity and it's a lot more like encouraging and like healthy i think mentally yeah so. it's weird when it comes to like personal physical health when yeah. everybody's got an ego about personal the way that they look as a pair compared to somebody and i'm not saying in music that we don't compare ourselves to other people true but i feel like the fitness industry is is way worse with that yeah. <laughs> especially with like the influencer state that we're in like yeah yeah you think instagram is bad with in the music industry look at the fitness instagrams oh my god <laughs> well then like the music industry started incorporating like the bang people and stuff and yeah now, now we got influencers coming from other stuff into the music industry yeah. that have nothing to do with music so yeah literally nothing <laughs> yeah, it's crazy i think it's cool though like did you see the nightmare and uh who else played that show i think ghastly played maybe they did that little uh live stream from elliot sloan's like backyard half pipe I don't think so. Was that, no. It was probably during quarantine, I assume. Yeah, it was during quarantine, and Insomniac put it on. And it was like a paid thing. I, they didn't market it very heavy. Barely, like, not that many people knew about it. I'm not sure. I probably didn't, because there was, like, the beginning of quarantine, I think I was watching three live streams. I was playing three live streams a yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So it was like... I was so burnt out of live streams by like <laughs> by June or July. I was so and if anything, pretty much I have it's hard. The beginning was dope, but then like towards the end, I think it got just kind of the, to that point for everyone. Everyone was just like the numbers on, on and Insomniac TV and all that stuff like went way down. Like everyone yeah. was just like, we're ready to get back to shit. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> we we, we want to be out and listen to music, yeah. but you can only do so much from your house. You know, true, it's true. it's still it's still fun. I mean, and I don't I really want to party thought. that much in my house. 
like yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had there was like during quarantine we had like several times where we had a lot of people over for like the lost lands the couch land stuff they did that a couple you know they did like three separate couch lands yeah. so we had like a bunch of like 20 people over and watch that so that was fun like those are good memories i'll have from that but your favorite artist like i don't think subtronics did it too much but like there were so many artists that were all right live stream this friday this friday this friday yeah. i'm like I don't want to burn myself out yeah. when, when the shows <laughs> come back. I'm like, I've already seen you 30 times last year. Yeah, right. I've already seen you 30 times. That's how I felt about Jason Ross, but because he, yeah. he did the whole Atlas project thing with Insomniac. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm happy Jason I didn't pay fire. attention to that because yeah, right? I, I got to see him for the first time last uh, a couple of days ago and it was, so it was amazing. Good. So, so good. good. He he and William Black are like Dude, they deserve, yes, they thank deserve you. it all. Man. Yes. William Black. I just saw William Black and Escape. So and uh Nerco too. Nerco's yeah. Those three are like my top melodic producers right now. I, I and dubstep, like yeah, they go heavy too. Yeah, it's William Black. I think does a little bit more dubstep than the both of them, so yeah. that, I think that's why I gravitate towards that a little bit more. William Black, have you heard his new album? Yeah, 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 super good. The, the Nerco collab on every, is fantastic. Every song on that freaking yeah. album is great. Dabbins too. Dabbins' new album's really oh, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. It's like all the sad boys dropping albums right now. I love it. Right. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure talking to you. Um, let's keep in touch. And definitely, I'd love to hang out with you next year at Lost Lands. For sure, man. Thank you so much.
so sick, chicken soup, walk in, kill the room, so sick, chicken soup, spice girl, in the coop, so sick, chicken soup, walk in, kill the room, so sick, chicken soup, 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 Spice girl in the cool Take a soup, 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 take a soup